Hi, I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Friends with Elephants. A show for the cool nerd in you. It is week 17. That means we have done 17 of these episodes. Or no, this is 17. Yeah, this is 17. Yep. So we are doing our 17th episode. So what's new? What's going on with you? Well, Marshall had a modeling job earlier today. No, he didn't. She. And yes. She, of course. <laughs> I always forget that your dog is a she because her name is a boy's name. Yes, we did give Marshall a boy's name. Full note, like, we knew that too, We, but we just couldn't agree on anything else. So there we go. What are you going to do? But uh, no, she is a pet value model. She's modeled for them in the past. Uh, she can. She's featured in the Spring Lookbook. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And now she has modeled for the Fall Lookbook. Ah, your dog is becoming more famous than you are. I know. I've never thought that I would be one of those stage mom type people, but when it comes to my dog, she brings home beds. So she earned herself a bed the first time, and she earned another bed this time. So that's like her payment. Yeah. What's your payment? Nothing. I get to bring her there, and I'm her wrangler. (laughs) Wow. I get the pride of knowing that my dog is a model. Like, a national model. I don't know. You should be getting some sweet, sweet coin for that. (laughs) And more than just, like, a doggy bed. (laughs) Uh, Soon enough, she will also be appearing on a television show that I'm producing. Ooh, what's that called? Uh, we haven't a hundred percent. Well, we have a name, but I don't. I don't think I'm supposed to until we sell it, because then what if someone else uses the name? Right. So let's just call it like Cushion Bottoms. Yeah. So Cushion Bottoms. She and I actually will be playing one character. The dog and you will be one character. Correct. You know what? I am. Not going to ask any more questions. I feel like we've given away too much at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a children's show. So oh, not... of course. She, we, I shapeshift into her and she shapeshifts into me. Sounds great, Ivana. Sounds great. For children, not for you. You are not meant to be the audience that we're looking for. I feel like this show was done back in the 90s called Animorphs. It's not the same show at all. You are morphing into a dog. They had a, somebody morph into a dog. She's a warrior. Werewolf terrier. All right. So, nerd battle? <laughs> nerd battle. <laughs> you are so out of your league this week. What? I I didn't even get to do the nerd battle intro. It's I'm happening. already done? <laughs> I'm just telling you, before we start, you are out of your league. I'm not out of my league. We've been wanting to do this battle since week three. And finally, it's here. And I am going to kill you with this nerd battle. Oh, I don't think that's possible. We're taking on the Spider-Man movies, but the love interest this time. You may have already heard Andrew Garfield versus Tobey Maguire, but we're taking on Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane Watson. Specifically the movie versions, so we're talking Kirsten Dunst versus Emma Stone. And Kirsten is going to kick the crap out of Stone. I don't even think that's possible. First first, of all, uh, first of all. First of all. First of all, chemistry. Chemistry. Mary Jane and Peter 
have chemistry. Not to mention, Spider-Man and Mary Jane have chemistry. This is a relationship that's developed not just in Peter's life, but in Spider-Man's life as well. Uh, so You cannot say that that is not the case for Emma St- for for Gwen Stacy and Peter slash Spider Man because she literally helps him save the city. That's because she knows that Spider Man is Peter. Mary Jane at the beginning doesn't realize that Peter Parker yeah, is Spider Man. She doesn't even like Peter Parker. She likes Spider Man. So she's interested in the superhero, not the dude. Gwen Stacy, she likes it all. She likes the whole package. And anyway, let's bring it back a second. She's a way, way better actor. Whoa, whoa, where are we jumping on this act? I think they're both fine actresses. Yes, first of all, they're both actors. Yeah, I know I understand, but they're and both. Second of all, Emma Stone. Come on, she is... A lot of fun. Beyond brilliant. A lot of fun. One of the best actors in her time. A lot of fun in these movies. You cannot say or hang a career on those two films and say she's a great actress. She was great in those two films. She was great as the bumbling, I love you, Peter, blah, 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 That is not what she was like at all. She was the exact opposite of that. She was a proper feminist with her own dreams and goals, which is freaking amazing. And what, Mary Jane's chop liver? She has yeah, a Mary dream Jane to leave her abusive father. Then she has a dream to go on Broadway. Then she's trying really hard to accomplish this with all of the roadblocks that she has. Not to mention she has Peter on the side who is excelling as Spider-Man. And she has to sit second fiddle to that. Okay, it's so amazing. Let's just say There's right so now, much more depth. You just dug yourself into the ground, my friend. She is exactly that. She sits on the sidelines. She is a sideline character. Gwen Stacy helps to save New York City. Gwen Stacy has her own dreams. When Peter tries to break up with her because it's for her own safety, she rips him a new one, explaining to him that neither he nor her father have the right to make her own decisions, and if she wishes to date him, she damn well will. As a man told another man, I'll stay away from your daughter so that you don't die, which is a... By the way, if you but haven't seen these movies, spoilers, she dies. Yes, she does die because she chooses to put herself in danger. These are her choices. It is her life. No man can control Gwen Stacy. She's got her own future, and she will make her choices and stand by them. And in a million years, no man is standing in front of Mary Jane. Mary Jane wants what she wants, and she is going after it, even if she has to work at a diner with a creep of a boss even if she has to slum it in Are some ta- crap hole when stacy is a worker she's a worker in a far more like crazy way she knew what she wanted at a very young age she works her ass off to do well in school she applies for the scholarship but she, the films don't show that the film she, basically they, they literally shows, show that they talk about it all the, the time. film basically shows that she has this internship and the whole reason it's there is so that she can introduce kurt connors to peter parker no that way. is the, the whole, whole reason, reason she is at that job 
she is at that job because she wants to be a scientist because her scientific skills allows her to electrify and magnetize Peter's web shooters so that he can defeat the bad guy. Without her, there is no defeating the bad guy. Everybody knows that there is no victory without Gwen Stacy. I'm sorry. Oh, that makes there, her a way better please, character than Mary Please, Jane, there is the no interest. There is no end battle in Amazing Spider-Man without a construction worker because he saved his son. You she might as well throw that in there. his web shooters. He could not have won that without magnetized web shooters. I'm sorry, it is just that simple. And at the end, he knows that he would not have won that battle without her. Peter would never be Spider-Man again without Mary Jane. In Spider-Man 2, the only reason Spider-Man... Peter decides he's going to be Spider-Man again is because he is going to save Mary Jane. And it is a crippling scene where... Doc Ock takes Mary Jane and runs off, and we watch as our hero bursts out of the rubble, smashes his fists together, and realizes this is who I am. Without even, Mary Jane, he doesn't even know who he is. Like, let's be honest here. That just makes her way worse. This is, he is in the spotlight, and she is some subservient little chicky on the side. What girl can look up to that? That's Who gives us a character that has no real connection to Peter? And she there's has no so much connection. There's to Peter. no chemistry He's between the those two. Are you kidding me? I am not First kidding of all, you. In real life, they were together. They had so much chemistry. I they were together in real life. Porn with them with popcorn, oh, and I would be God. so excited. That's a terrible that's how, argument. That's how that much character chemistry between Mary Jane and Spider Man is the most. One of the most iconic kisses in movie filmdom of, like, all time. You can't recreate that yeah, with Gwen. Yeah, and that's Gwen. why they didn't try to recreate because it. Because it's so amazing. It's not it that amazing. It elevates their relationship. The level of kiss. chemistry. Have you tried the upside down kiss? Because I have literally, because of that movie, not that great of a kiss. It doesn't matter if it wasn't great for you. Watching that in the moment after Spider-Man, she doesn't even realize it's Peter. Spider-Man saves her from these guys. You're telling me that she's better because of a kiss? I'm telling you that she is way more endearing because of the amazing chemistry she has with This is a better battle. That is not the battle that we are fighting. Mary Jane forces Peter... Who is the better character? And Gwen Stacy is the better character. Mary Jane forces Peter to look at himself, where Gwen... You don't think that Gwen does? Are you nope, kidding me? Nope, she calls no him way. on his bullshit... And, and says, I'm leaving. Tough. Deal with it. I'm going. I'm leaving. I'm walking away from As this. she should. She's not walking away from anything. She's telling him, just so you know, before we get into this relationship, I just want you to know that I'm not going to put my life on hold for you. And you know what I'm happens I'm talking Amazing Spider-Man 2. Have you seen it yet? I have not seen How it yet. How could you even fight this battle? Well, she dies at the end of it. I know that much. Oh, my God. And in a very heroic way. Until you see Spider-Man 2, I can't believe we just did this, and you haven't seen the sequel, to know how all Gwen does in that sequel is make Peter feel guilty. And it's ridiculous. That's If he the feels line. guilty, that's his fault. She's not making him feel anything. That's all I'm saying. What do you think? Gwen Stacy or Mary Jane Watson? We would love to know. So first, there was Christian Mingle, then J-Date. Now there's even an AfroRomance.com. For which I was in a bunch of her little uh, commercials. Yeah, you were. Yeah. So what I'm saying is there are a whole plethora of amazing 
dating sites to gear specifically to what you want. That is correct. So now there's a paranormaldate.com. What? That's right. Wait, wait, wait. It is hilarious. So people dating ghosts? No, not exactly. But say I love, or not love, but I believe in Bigfoot. Okay. I want to find someone who believes in Bigfoot. So I sign up to ParanormalDate.com and check off all the things that I believe so that I'm going to meet a like-minded lady who also believes in the Yeti or the Sasquatch or, yes, even Bigfoot. Would you ever get paired on this site with someone who believes, like, let's say you believe in uh, Bigfoot? Aliens, but not ghosts. I think what you're trying, you're you're going for what the other person is. You're checking off what you want in the other person. So, OkCupid is one of those sites where you can just, I'm looking for this, 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 this. Must be this, 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 this. I have to say, I don't think it's that important. For me, anyway. It seems really weird. I, it's just, because I, I gotta say, sometimes... It's fun to meet someone, fall for them, and then discover that you don't believe the same things, but in a way that is fun because then you can have debates with one another. You can respect one another's beliefs without having to share them. For example, Blake Mm -hmm. totally believed in the Loch Ness Monster. Mm -hmm. And you did not believe in the Loch Ness Monster. I do not believe in the Loch Ness Monster. Sorry, guys. You don't believe in the Loch Ness Monster? No. What are you talking about? I don't believe in the Loch Ness Monster. Now, that... Hold, what? No, no, hold on. Sorry. This segment's gone off the rails a little. You don't believe... What do, what do you believe in? What do you mean, what do I believe in? I don't worship the Loch Ness Monster. I'm not saying you worship. I'm asking, like... I don't believe Do you the, believe in ghosts? Nessie does not... Ex- I don't believe that Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, exists. But I do believe that there are things in the oceans that we don't know about. Okay. Skipping the oceans. Okay. Do you believe in ghosts? No. Bigfoot? No. Vampires? No. Werewolves? No. Shapeshifters? No. How are we friends? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Are you serious? You don't believe in... What do you... Like, what do you believe in? Nothing? Nothing. Oh, my God. I didn't I, realize I, I was doing this podcast with a non-believer. I love all of that stuff, and I respect the beliefs of other people. But I do not actually share them. Now, just so you're aware, maybe you're you're like Ivana and you're thinking, Jay, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you are a crazy person right now. Yeah, I believe in everything. Wait, I don't wait. think wait, wait, that there's wait. anything in the world that doesn't you believe exist. in Bigfoot? Absolutely. What do you mean? There I could knew, totally I knew be. you believed in ghosts and I knew you believed in demons. We knew- find new species almost on the daily. Agreed, but so not Bigfoot-sized species on land. Why couldn't it be a almost extinct species of ape that lives in the northern Americas that is very reclusive? There's just too many stories not to believe that this happened. See, I feel like there are not enough stories to believe that this happened. Have you ever gone into the woods? Yes. Not to a cottage. Yes, I've gone into the woods. There is a ton of space in the woods. I know, but we have... That we don't even... That we're too afraid to even venture into. I'm pretty sure that all the woods, almost, in North America have been ventured to in some way, shape, or form. I don't think so. I think that there are 
so many places that we've still not seen. And there's just too much great things on this planet that are documented or stories from people that we just can't explain. I believe in it all. Hey, what does what does Becky believe? Becky doesn't believe in anything. Right, and you guys have an amazing relationship. It's pretty good. So what? that's exactly what I'm suggesting is I think it's kind of awesome to be with people who have different beliefs and then you can kind of open your horizons a little bit more as long as you're both respectful of one another's beliefs. So when Blake finally pushes you to the curb, you won't go on paranormaldating.com? Well, no one will choose me on paranormaldating.com. They'll all say, ugh, you (laughs) non-believer. That's all right. You'll do fine on J-Date. Because even though you're not Jewish, I feel like you want to be. I do. (laughs) I, I, for a while, I was really going to um, convert. And then I I decided against it. Somebody should convince Ivana to join the J team. (laughs) Not that I know anything about it, but I want to go to a Seder. Hey, if you're Jewish, invite me to a Seder. (gasps) Me too. Me too. Mary do ditch tv movie manager edition oh rats we were adding movies to this one too yeah it's tv characters or movie characters oh okay although wait damn a minute, it all of mine are tv so it's tv characters. okay edition. we'll come back to movies <laughs> and you know we can't have a tv manager without michael scott from the office so that's your first one on this booyah number two gunther from friends who was uh, Rachel's boss. That is correct. And Jay Peterman from Seinfeld. That's Elaine's boss. The one who's like super obsessed with the English patient. Well, I feel like this one's going to be easy. Okay. I'm marrying Michael Scott. What? He's going to make a fantastic husband. Oh, 100% going to change that. But continue. I will be ditching Gunther from Friends because he creeps me out. And I will definitely be doing Jay Peterman from Seinfeld because he's a very interesting man, and I'm curious what that is all about. So, Michael Scott, you're a lovely, funny man. You're not going to do anything for me in the bedroom. I don't think my life is going to be easier or better being married to you, so I am ditching your ass right now. Seriously? Ditching. Wow. Completely ditching. Which means I'm marrying Jay Peterman because he's a he's so interesting. He is. He's the world's most interesting man. He that, would be like Dos Echos guy. Oh my God, Dos Equis should have hired him. They made a big mistake. They did. And which means I'm going to have a weird and awkward fun night with Gunther because, you know what? He likes to party like we've seen in a couple episodes of Friends. Good luck with that. And a couple jello shots make him go crazy, so... I'll, uh, I'll have a weird and slippery... I feel like it'll be slippery yeah, for some reason. Yeah, and then he'll stalk you. Uh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> all right, all right. I've got some really good ones for you. I have Selena Meyer, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus from Veep. Oh, yes. I think she counts as a manager. She's she's the president and also the vice president, so I, f- I feel like that counts, that yep. she manages people. Um. Jessica Pearson, played by Gina Torres from Suits. Oh, my God, Jessica. She is the most powerful woman ever. And then Peggy Olsen, played by Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men. I'm marrying Selena Meyer. 
Okay, yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you marry the president? Exactly. Also, hilarious. Yeah. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is amazing. And hot. So hot. So hot. Um, I am going to do Gina Torres, who's Jessica Pearson from Suits. Very powerful and also very beautiful. Very beautiful. And I'm ditching Peggy Olsen from Mad Men because... I don't, same reason Michael Scott. Like, I don't think you're going to give me much pleasure, and I don't feel like you're going to add more to my life if I married you. Uh, I am going to ditch Selena Meyer. What? That's crazy. I know. It's crazy. But you know what? Her character, I just feel like it'd be take a lot out of me. And at the same time, for a one-night stand, I don't know that... Again, I feel like she'd be a little bit lazy. Okay. I will marry Jessica Pearson. She is powerful, she is sexy, she is career-minded. I I find her very alluring, and I don't feel that I would ever get bored, and it would be a fun life with her. And I will do Peggy Olsen, because, frankly, I'm kind of curious about her character. Really? Yeah, she herself starts off quite meek and mild and grows to be quite a fierce woman, and... She's not afraid of her own sexuality, but at the same time is just more interested in other things. But I, I would be curious to see what it's like in the bedroom with her. Just one time. Just one time. Just one time. And then throw her to the curb. Yeah. Like the rest of your conquests. <laughs> <laughs> so this past weekend, we got a look at Jurassic World. But before it came out, we thought we'd revisit the park. So we're talking about Jurassic Park. Now, if for some reason you are crazy and have not seen Jurassic Park, trust me there will be spoilers in this. You're a fool. How have you not seen Jurassic Park? Yeah. <laughs> so, Jurassic Park revisited. Observations? What did what you think? It kind of reminded me, I mean, not really in story, but there was a flavor or a feeling about it that reminded me of Indiana Jones a little bit. That Spielberg he just gets you. Yeah. He grabs you. He oh it was so good. And let's be honest, I mean my like current biggest man crush was in it. Jeff Goldblum in that film, he's hot. Oh see I think he's gross, but it turns me on even more. <laughs> like, I honestly thought his character his, in this movie is so gross. He's so sleazy, he's but so in sleazy. in small doses and it's lovely. Like his his uh, <laughs> like his sleaziness but with an open yeah, the dress open shirt dress shirt. And, and the shades and that you could see his eyes. He makes. Oh my god. He literally Are you telling me Parts of me want to barf, but then still have sex with him. Are you telling me if he grabbed your hand and he put a drop Ew. on your hand <laughs> you wouldn't be like I need to jump you right now. Well, I mean, I do need to jump him, <laughs> even as this character, but it would be a, like a it would be a, a hate F. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, but it would be a really awesome hate F. Wow, okay. You'd feel um, so dirty after. You would, like, hate yourself at the end of it because it's that guy. You just slept with him. But at the same time, there's just something about this man. There's nothing that he can't do that I'm not curious to see what that's like. So what did you think of the special effects? Did they hold up? Oh, my gosh, did they hold up. I actually... You, so... 
we were talking about this and how it is practical effects. Do you realize that until you and I talked about this the whole time, I thought that was CG? And I No, of course it's not all CG. And and I was like, why can't they do CG like Jurassic Park? Like half of my in my whole life as I watch movies like Spider-Man 2 and I see that CG. I sit there and in my head I'm like, why can't they just make it look like the CG that they used in Jurassic Park? I mean, that was 1990 whatever. And it, that CG still looks totally real. And then now I realize it was practical effects. I, I will say this, though. Uh, so I watched half of it on Blu-ray and then half of it on an old DVD in the den. And the Blu-ray, if you're watching the Blu-ray on, like, massively vivid, the first scene that we see the Brachiosaurus or the Brontosaurus, I think, no, Brachiosaurus, the herd moving, you can tell because the HD is too much right. for it to handle. I watched it on a regular old DVD and on my television that is dying, so I couldn't tell. So I flipped purposefully back to DVD to watch it and it was outstanding. So I will say that on Blu-ray, it shows you almost too much. Mm -hmm. However, the scene, which is still my favorite scene, with the T-Rex at night, is probably the best special effects because it's in part CG and in part practical. I know, that's the key. The key is you want practical effects and then you layer CG on top of it and then you end up with perfection. So you know this part where the Tyrannosaur comes down on the car with the kids in it and breaks the glass and the kids put up and they start screaming? The glass wasn't supposed to break. Really? The glass broke, the kids put their hands up, and he just kept rolling. Of course, because why wouldn't you? And aren't we glad he kept rolling? Yeah. Holy wow! That's the thing about being on set. Sometimes your life is actually in danger. I once shot a movie where it was the same thing. I was shooting something, and uh, something fell that should not have fallen, and it was like... So close to hitting me, but oh it just helped to elevate the terror. So that's good. Yeah. So was there anything in the film watching it this time that you questioned or were a little taken aback by? Well, you know what I actually really loved that I don't think I understood until I watched it this time. Like, I, I guess I just didn't catch on to it. Just the adorable interplay between, I forget their names now, our two main characters, uh, the woman and the man. Uh, we have Grant, Dr. Grant, and Dr. Sadler. Which one is the boy and which one's the girl? Grant is the boy and Sadler Sadler's the girl. is the girl. I love how Ellie Sadler. Sadler is just always poking at Grant in the best possible way. I think one of my favorite scenes is the one where the little boy who read his book is bothering him and he's all like, I don't like kids. And then... The girl comes and she's like, I was told to sit with you. Like, it's she's, just adorable. She she's, said it would be good for you. I know. It's so cute. And Ellie Sadler is a pretty impressive woman character, too. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. She knows her stuff when it comes to her job in a big way. There's a great line that I still love. Ian Malcolm says, God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. And then Ellie just chimes in out of nowhere. Dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. 
And I just thought that is perfect of Ellie's character, especially later on in the film where she looks at him and says, look, we'll talk about sexism rules and survival situations when I get back. She's just so take charge. Yeah. She knows herself. She's funny. She is funny. She's funny. It's very rare. Like, there are absolutely characters with strong women, and that's a bigger thing now. But at that point in time, women were not allowed to be both strong and funny. This is, like, revolutionary. It's incredible. It's fantastic. I love it so much. So I did notice a couple of things that were irksome to me on this viewing. I never noticed this before, but in the T-Rex scene, when the T-Rex pushes the car over the into the cage there's like a good 70 foot drop from that tree so my question is how the hell did the t-rex get out of the pen if there was a hundred foot drop right there maybe he can jump a hundred feet i guess it seemed a little strange he's large i i let those things go i will say that's the beauty of this film there are small things like that that i noticed Mm -hmm. that i just said you know what doesn't matter letting it go. Bigger question, are you going to now see Jurassic World? Did this hype you up to see it at all or do you just Absolutely. We are seeing Jurassic World. Even though the... you don't think it'll be that good. I don't care. I still need to see it. All right. And actually, shockingly, I read an article uh the other day that insinuated that Jurassic World is the second best Jurassic movie. I did see that as well. Um so now I mean I'm that's that's not really a saying a lot. The Lost World was okay. Jurassic Three was, I mean there was a raptor at one point who said Alan. That was pretty insane. Yeah. <laughs> and then so it's the bar isn't set that high to be the second best Jurassic Park movie. If it was going to be better than Jurassic Park itself, that's not possible. That's not possible. That's not possible. Yeah. So what what are we watching next week? Oh, well, I don't know about you. I have a little bit of a guilty pleasure. It's called The Bachelorette. Oh, dear God. You too? Me too. Oh, you know, I lose my girlfriend for like two hours once a week to that crap. Yeah, it's so worth it. So, whoa, are we watching The Bachelorette? No, no, no. We're not okay. watching The Bachelorette. <laughs> what are we watching? We're watching Burning Love. That is, hold on, don't tell me. Okay, that that's that Ben Stiller show. Yes. That came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, the first Burning Love. And in fact, I'm going to ask you, are you capable of just watching one episode? Because I came across this show a few years ago and literally stayed up to like 4 a.m. and watched the entire first season in one go. Well, we'll see. I'm, I'm really excited to watch it now. So, yeah, it's, it's a really amazing show. It is a fictional comedy that satirizes the whole bachelor, bachelorette world. And I think it's brilliant. And you will not believe the biggest and best cameo that will come in episode one. So I implore all of you out there, especially those ones who hate everything Bachelor and Bachelorette. I love when you implore people. And and but and even the people who enjoy Bachelor and Bachelorette, because it's like Bachelor and Bachelorette, only so much better. The only thing that I would say is a negative, why isn't this show two hours long per episode? Well, I am super excited. It's supposed to be really, really funny, and I and I think Ken Marino stars in it. So 
I am super pumped for it. Ted I hope Marino is our bachelor. I hope you will tune in. Uh, just, just, just watch it. You got a week to watch it, and I hope you really enjoy it's it. It's like a half hour if you only watch the first episode. I think that's not possible. So it could be, you know, a good three, four hours of your life. Due to the serious subject matter, I'm gonna do a more somber song for our Reddit oh, advice corner. Oh, wow, okay. Well, it wouldn't be a theme from you if you didn't change it up a little. <laughs> Reddit advice corner. Very good, very good. <laughs> All right, so what? Uh, who are we helping today? We're helping Zara Chick. I think that's a girl, but we don't know. When I read this, my heart broke a little. So I'm just gonna read it to everybody here. I'm coming to this realization and need serious advice. Every single friend disappoints me because they're never really there for me. And most don't invite me out to things except maybe a few times a year at most. Most of my friends canceled my birthday so there's entire years where I just haven't had birthdays. I'm not shy but I am an introvert. And for a while I haven't been the most up to date on movies and pop culture so I don't really know a lot about what people talk about. And then people think I'm weird and too serious and not in the know. I do have a sense of humor though. I'm relatively successful and I can get along well with people, but mainly in a superficial level or acquaintances. As soon as I ever expect anything, I'm shunned or feel like the third wheel. Not sure if anyone can relate, but lately I've been feeling seriously depressed due to this and looked into counseling. Not sure what I need to do to get myself to the point of not caring. If anyone has tips, that may help. Wow, that's really sad. It's a tough one. I looked at the comments and she is 30, so not high school. That was my original thought. I, I felt a lot while reading this that that's kind of the stuff I was going through when I was in high school. It really is like when you're younger and you're trying to figure out who the people in your life are. It's a really tough one. It is a really tough one. I think one thing to also note, depression can sometimes lead to all of this it, it spirals it's not as simple as my friends make me feel left out and then I become depressed it becomes my friends make me feel left out which fuels depression which then causes you to shun your friends in your depressive state which then eventually your friends will stop potentially reaching out so it's, it's a vicious cycle that just gets worse and worse and worse. I, I do agree that I think that it's a good call for you to take a look and reach out regarding talking to someone, a professional, who can help you with this. Um, when it comes to things such as depression, unfortunately, the behavior that you'll put forward when you're depressed is really destructive to your relationships. And the mindset, you get into this strange mindset where everything is kind of centered around you, but not from a narcissistic perspective. You just, you lose that ability to think, what would someone else think? You think you still have it, but you don't really. And someone who's a professional knows how to deal with that, where someone who isn't probably doesn't. It's also really hard to pin this down because you are 30 years old. When you turn 30, there are relationships that you're just going to be superficial with to maintain some sort of friendship. And don't forget, you're always gonna be different with different groups of people. I have specific friends that I am somebody that would be unnoticeable to, to you, Ivana. 
Really? Yes. There are certain groups where I'm like the party guy and I've seen you party. I'm 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 a little bit wilder. Then there's the groups where I'm a little more somber. Then there's the uh, groups that I hang out with who are on Becky's side of things, and I'm I'm more introverted with those groups so that I can take it all in, so I'm a better listener, and when it comes my time to say something, I can say exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. There are my friends from my 20s, which we got into trouble with. And then there's you who, frankly, I can say absolutely anything in front of and always have felt that way. I think one of the things that changes when you're 30 is you you really recognize what those other relationships are to you and how they change. And maybe the change you're seeing isn't the change you want to see. And that is making you pull back, which is making them pull back. The other thing is people kind of get itself involved with their relationships with their jobs yeah and if your friends are also 30 my guess is they're either getting married or perhaps even potentially having kids and that changes everything like uh, when you said originally a few times a year i'm like oh gosh if i was 16 and people only invited me out a few times a year it would be the worst but to be honest when you're 30 it's kind of par for the course in some ways. That's true. I mean, there are parties that you get invited to because it's more out of obligation than we want you at this party. Also, how many parties do you throw at this point in time? One a year, maybe. Right. And so I think that that also helps is people are going out in a different manner, maybe not as much. However, I I do understand the sentiment that you feel that Sometimes people are not there for you when you need them the most. And if that is the case, and this is a relationship that you want to take to that level of true friendship, and you don't want to have that more superficial friendship with that person, the only thing you can do is actually talk to them about it. To Ivana's point from before, if you really think this is a serious problem, and you think that a depression is setting in, you do need to talk to somebody That's 100% right advice, and I hope we were able to help. And I hope that uh, everything works out and that that our advice was helpful to you. Take good care, Zara Chick. That is it for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Another episode done. Episode 17. There's been 17 of these in a fort of some kind. This is so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us. And please come back next Monday. There will be an 18th episode waiting for you. We'll try to periscope before it again just to... Get your feedback and answer any questions. We'll probably do yeah, that. Yeah, we, we, it was really fun Periscoping today. Thank you to all of those who joined us on Periscope and on top of that came out and listened to this episode as well. You can find us when we're Periscoping on Twitter at JesterJ. And at It's Ivana. Or you can go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash friendselephants. You can also find us on our website, friendselephants.com. And anytime you want, email us at friendswithelephants at mail.com. We always enjoy your feedback, so whether you have 
criticism or praise, please reach out to us. Give us a rating on iTunes or SoundCloud or any RSS feed that you utilize. All of your feedback is so important to us and it helps us grow as a show and it lets us know what you want so that we can make it better for you. Okay, I we got to get out of here. This is like we've been recording it's, for hours. It's been a really long time recording. I'm going to have to edit a lot. And my foot, this one, this foot, <laughs> has been asleep for the last 25 minutes. I don't even know how you got through it. I don't know either, but I can't feel anything, so... Let's get out of this fort! Freedom! Freedom!